the Florida Gators have been doing whatever they can to make themselves attractive to high school recruits. And we're going to talk about some things they do only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Thursday. I'm Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W H O L E N I N E Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. And just a reminder that starting next week, for the next two weeks, I'll be on vacation. We will have daily episodes still coming out. If there's any big news, we'll tackle it when I come back. But I do like the uh, the schedule set up for while I'm gone. And I'm about to be joined by John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting for the second time this week. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is John Garcia, the Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated and the Locked On's Recruiting Insider. And we've been talking a lot about QBs, receivers, DBs here and there. Now we're talking about cornerbacks with Sharif Denson, four-star from Jacksonville, on the infinite list of quarterbacks that Flor- of cornerbacks that Florida is recruiting. And where do you land on him and his recruitment so far? Yeah, I, I think there's still a lot to be said uh, in this race. You know, he's a Jacksonville kid, uh, Bartram Trail guy. So, you know, we know in, in this state, you know, I live in Florida. Jacksonville is a gator town, right? Jacksonville, that Jacksonville to Tampa triangle that you can draw on a map, uh, that has a lot of Florida Gator fans and faithful within it. Uh, So I think that has created a perception that, hey, Florida's, you know, the leader for Sharif Denson. I think that's a little early. You know, he's a kid that is a national recruit. He plays for a seven-on-seven team based out of Miami, and he's taking other visits, right? You know, uh, Florida is in the mix and, and could be emerging as a contender but I think it's a little early to say that, you know, they are the front runner and, and runaway leader for a kid like Sharif Denson. Uh, Miami is involved. Alabama, Ohio State could get involved. Uh, I believe he just visited Texas A&M. Um, they've done incredibly well in the state of Florida, like like every program that wins a lot has, uh, particularly with defensive recruits. That's where A&M has been able to pluck really strong talent uh, out of the Sunshine State uh, and certainly – the Floridians on that that AM roster have uh, reciprocated that love uh, to Denson. So I think they're going to be a factor uh, here going forward. Uh, but so will Florida. I mean, there's, there's I don't want to undersell Florida's potential with him. Again, if you're a quarterback, you're in Florida, and Corey Raymond is now the DB coach, you're, you're going to be in the mix for the top corners. You know, Cormani McClain, A.J. Harris, Sharif Dents. I mean, you can go down the entire list. Those qualities keep Florida in the game. And then once you actually – get to the season and start to show a little bit more of what you've you've been hoping to show or and or preaching to these recruits it only gets a little bit more emphasized and right now it looks like Denson's going to take his recruitment into the season so i think that's a good thing uh for the florida gators because you're you're now going to be able to implement uh what you've been selling to Denson as opposed to hey you know we haven't coached the game here yet but when we do it's going to look like this now that part of it is out uh, of the window. Although, again, there's a true benefit of the doubt and trust 
between uh, really all recruits and, and Corey Raymond, uh, particularly those who play cornerback. So uh, it's going to be a good year recruiting uh, at corner for UF, uh, depending on, on who it falls for. Uh, but look, I, I think those three who we just named, you know, McLean, uh, Denson, and Harris, if you get one to two of those three, it's as good a corner class already as you'll see nationally in 2023. And right now, if you had to pick a congruent school, uh, for those three recruits, uh, it would be the Florida Gators. So that's a heck of a starting point. And, you know, you just mentioned Cormani McLean. We've we've talked about every corner we can here. And <laughs> I, I've asked this question before about other positions. How much does it play into, you know, not only who else is in this recruiting class, like let's say Cormani McLean and, Har- and A.J. Harris commit to Florida, does that impact Shreve Denson, but also – Florida has kind of a lot of young defensive backs on their roster. So how much does it play into the fact of going, there's a lot of corners here and it's creating kind of a log jam. Is this really yeah. where I go? Look, I, mean, I think that's like you said, that's true in every position, right? It's always something to keep an eye on. Corner is one though, depending on who you're playing, you can see three or four, maybe even five on the field at one point. So it, it is a little bit different than quarterback and running back where you're just so limited, even tight end to what you can truly display on the field on a consistent basis. Um, and, and everyone wants depth at those positions too. So there is going to be a rotation, et cetera. So it's not as, I guess, dramatic as it could be at some of those other spots. But look, if Cormani McLean commits to whoever, people are going to look around, right? When you're the number one player, and for me, he's the runaway number one corner in the country. Uh, he validated that again in, in Vegas over the weekend. You know, it has to be something you look at, right? Because you talk about making a business decision. Well, if you're coming in with the number one corner, I mean, you might have to wait a little bit, you know, because that's one of those positions where those guys typically jump on the field pretty quickly, right? You know, think of a Kair Elam, you know, the last like truly high, high level corner, Jason Marshall, these guys, they get to sprinkle on the field early in their career. And they usually hold on to that spot, you know, at a school like Florida. So that would be something to keep an eye on. Particularly with McLean, I think Harris is is more, at least from perception and where he's known, it's a little bit more regional uh, with him. And and everyone understands, look, this is a transition coaching staff. You've got to bring in depth. You've got to bring in your guys. Uh, So it could affect the current roster because a lot of them were inherited. Uh, But but largely, I think there's a lot of room in this class for multiple corners and and DBs all around. That's something that, you know, you, you can never really have enough of in the SEC. If you're a pass rusher, if you're a cover guy, if you're a pass catcher, if you're a, a tackle, a boundary blocker, you're going to be coveted. You know, you need as many of those as you could possibly muster up. So I don't think it's a huge issue, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on, especially, again, if, if McLean does end up picking UF, which would obviously be huge national news. Yeah, and then flipping to the offensive side of the ball, you just mentioned you want pass catchers. You're going to be coveted. <laughs> Andy Jean is someone that we've talked about before, but now it's time for his official visits coming up. What's the latest on him and his recruitment? Yeah, really important recruit in the state of Florida. It's it's loaded at receiver. We all know that, and, and Jean is, is in that upper echelon within the state of Florida in 2023. Of course, Miami commitment for, for quite some time. He backed off of the Canes. He still has a minute, uh, but he certainly wanted to take a look at other schools and wider uh, wider scope of options. Uh, so Florida is going to be one of those absolutely in that mix uh, for the Miami Northwestern uh, wideout. There's a couple other schools that are, are hanging around in that mix as well. Uh, and I do believe he's going to continue to take visits. So I, I think this is one that 
probably has a, a long way to go in terms of uh, wrapping up to a degree. So for Florida, this is their opportunity, right? This is the opportunity to say, hey, look, you know, we need to basically overhaul this wide receiver room and we envision you as one of the guys who can help us do it. You know, this is their opportunity to hammer that point home uh, and really uh, kind of make Gene realize that it's an option that needs to remain uh, very steady uh, in the race for his services. But again, it's not a race we think will end very soon. There's four, five, six schools uh, really in this mix. We envision it going beyond the summer and into the fall months uh, before um, any decisions are made. Uh, but if you're getting an early visit like the Gators are, you, you're doing it to to stay in the race long term. And, and then we'll see uh, how this this offensive staff closes late in the game. But, you know, Kerry Colbert's got a heck of a reputation. Uh, he's a guy who's played in the league, which is congruent with a few coaches on this staff. And that stuff resonates at the end of the day. I mean, it's really it's really not as hard to sell things when you've been able to do it yourself. So I do think those traits resonate, um, especially at that position, such a competitive uh, and deep position in this state. If you're a priority at receiver uh, for a school like Florida and you're a Floridian in this class where there's 40 guys who could be Division One, that means you're one of the best. Uh, and, and I think translating that to Andy Jean will, will be the key for Florida, kind of reminding him, hey, like there's a reason why you decommitted and there's a lot of schools after you right now and we want to stay in that race all the way until the end. It's summertime and, and you gotta stay in shape. And there's a really fantastic way to do that. Built Bar. Built Bar is coated in 100% chocolate. So you get that sweetness that I need. Most bars have 130 calories, just four net carbs, along with 17 grams of protein. And they just released the Mud Pie Built Bar. Oh, when I tell you, that I have never been so instantly like, this is the best Bilt Bar I've ever eaten. That is exactly how I was when I tried the Mud Pie Bilt Bar. It was fantastic. The Puff was also very good. And if you don't know what Bilt Puffs are, they're they're protein marshmallows, essentially. And the, just Bilt Bar has been just cranking them out lately. They're, they're just on fire. And they're always coming out with new Limited time flavors too, so you'll never get bored. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order with Built or BuiltBar.com. And defensively, there are some visits set up for Florida. But first off is Samuel Omosigo, who I'm hoping I did not just (laughs) demolish that name. But what are your thoughts on his skill set and recruitment so far? Yeah, just really kind of a late emerger, right? A guy who, uh, you know, six to 12 months ago, we weren't talking a lot about, you know, at the linebacker position, uh, a kid who runs track and, and flashes pretty good times for, for a receiver and even plays offense or for a linebacker, excuse me, even plays offense at wide receiver. So, you know, you talk about intrigue, athleticism, fitting the modern game, and he starts to really line up uh, on a lot of those fronts. Uh, so I do think kind of like Denson, he is beginning to take official visits. He's starting to get a feel for the programs that are, that are going to stay in it, but we think he's going to extend that recruitment into the season uh, and then and continue to rise and potentially add more offers. I look back at, at his timeline of, of scholarships, and it's like they all came late in the fall into the spring, right? A lot of schools went and saw him and said, oh, oh like let's go get him. So I do think that uh, his rise is still sort of happening. And typically that means 
that those guys are going to ride that out just a little bit more to see uh, just how high of a climb they could make from a recruiting standpoint. So I do think that um, Florida is, is, you know, one of these programs that he's obviously serious about uh, taking this trip. Uh, but I do think there's still a ways to go in this recruitment. And then there's also Justin Jefferson, who for the first time since you've been here, we're talking about a Juco player. Um, <laughs> yeah. what, what is the latest on him? And also what does it mean for him where, so far his only other visit that I know of was Ole Miss and it was an unofficial. And then now Florida is the only official to this point. I was going to say he's just getting going. You know, this is, we thought it was earlier for some of these other guys. It's very early uh, for Jefferson. Uh, And look, it's different for junior college recruits, but I do think that right now in the scope of the transfer portal, extra eligibility, all those things, it's minimized junior college recruiting. So the few guys that, still slip through the cracks uh, like Jefferson now all of a sudden have enhanced value because uh, you know, one coaching staff recognizes, Hey, this guy can help us out right now. And then so does the other and they, Oh, he has college experience. So it just creates a different, you know, rush to get involved with him. So I, again, I, I see this where it's, it's like, he's just on the outset of, of beginning his rise and starting to pick up a lot of offers. Now, if the visit, you know, at UF blows him out of the water and he wants to make a commitment, they certainly would say yes. Um, but you just wonder if, uh, since he's only taking zero official visits so far, um, if he really wants to experience the wide scope of, of the recruiting process. But again, good time for Florida get, to get in on the ground floor because when his profile does rise, you can say, well, you know, we were one of the first in the door. And that's another under-talked about element of recruiting. You know, those first big schools that offer whether it's first power five first sec etc that really sticks with kids and they talk about that down the line there was a kid who committed to Ole miss yesterday from tennessee who remembered that Ole miss was his first offer and he like made it a point to say that you know when we talked to him for the commitment interview like hey they were my first offer and i always for i'll never forget that uh so so you get rewarded with a verbal commitment down the line so all those little things really do add up so curious to see how how wide scope Jefferson's recruitment becomes. Uh, But there's no doubt that Florida being in so early to the point where they're getting an official visit will resonate. Yeah. And how different is JUCO recruitment in terms of how that timeline works? Like just for the average player, not just Justin Jefferson, but is, are they trying to commit before high school recruits recruits go in or, or after they commit? It depends on the recruit. You know, usually the JUCO players are supplements to the high school players that you're bringing in. But again, in the era of the portal and and this crazy roster management that every coaching staff is going through right now, you got to get in where you fit in with with top recruits, regardless of where they're coming from. Other teams, junior colleges, high schools, other sports, other countries, you just got to grab as much elite talent as you can. So I think with junior college recruiting, you know, it usually is a little bit more finite. Uh, then high school recruiting, meaning when a kid makes a commitment, he usually sticks with it. Uh, most, if not all, sign in that December window, uh, especially if their academics are in order. Um, but not always the case with junior college recruits, right? Sometimes they went to JUCO because of the academics. So depending on uh, more variables than the high school recruit, uh, including academics, including eligibility remaining, that could sway some of the timelines and, and hey, I got to claim a spot kind of vibes from some of these guys. Uh, so it's certainly different uh, than high school recruits, but it's not its not all in one category. There's sort of different uh, groups of junior college kids who, st- who stand out. And, and again, like I said, overall, 
it is at a lesser clip. It seems like there's, you know, half the amount of top Juco kids that we talk about getting recruited at the very highest level relative to years past. And I think the portal and extra eligibility are the primary reasons why. And then to wrap up today's show, we're, we're talking about having the NFL coaches on staff, which you've mentioned with Coach Colbert, where, you know, it's easier to say, I can help you get there if you've been there. And with, I mean, obviously three years in college is the goal for most recruits, <laughs> four or five, yeah. but the goal is usually to get to the NFL. How important is it for recruits to have coaches that have been to the NFL and how does that play a role in that recruitment? There's no doubt that that matters, Brandon. Um, like you said, the, the true goal is for the league. I, I think that's changed a lot over my you know 12 years of covering recruiting. You used to always be like, I, I just want to wear this jersey and win on Saturdays. And, and there's still a lot of that in college football recruiting, but it's become about the NFL, NIL, your brand, your marketability, like a lot of things that we weren't talking about five, 10 years ago. So when that comes to mind, obviously the guys who have been there and done that are, are going to resonate quickest with recruits, um, especially when they're coaching that same position like Kerry Colbert is. It just, it creates more benefit of the doubt and a little bit more buy-in on the front end uh, from recruits, but even coaches who, who didn't play and coached in the NFL or have ties to the NFL, they get that same benefit of the doubt, right? You know, if you know what it takes to get to the league, really in any sense, that that's a benefit on the recruiting trail. Uh, obviously, if you played it, it's like a little extra bump in that regard. But yeah, I mean, everybody who is building a modern college football coaching staff wants NFL ties, whether it be to the head coach and his contacts uh, players, former players, I should say, uh, as assistant coaches, et cetera, uh, or just, you know, that pedigree collectively coming together at a position group like Florida always being known as a DBU uh, type school, you know, all of that stuff really does matter. Uh, because when, when we talk about DBU and all these fun things, it's, it's towards the NFL. It's not necessarily how great you were in college. It's how'd you get to the NFL and then how'd you do really from there, I think is how a lot of people judge it. So, all of those things uh, do matter on the recruiting trail because for a lot of kids, that, that really is the dream uh, and that really is the plan, which, which sometimes that's two different things, but for a lot of these top recruits, they are one and the same. Yeah, and there's just one more play, one more coach that I wanted to talk about specifically, and that's Rob Sale. You know, he was with Louisiana. He got guys to the NFL with Robert Hunt with the Dolphins being one of the more recent success stories and – I mean, with the New York Giants, Andrew Thomas made strides under him that one year. How much does he get to kind of throw that into his recruiting ago? And not just look at me getting guys to the NFL, but I got to the NFL and Andrew Thomas got significantly better in my one year. Imagine what I could do in three years with you. <laughs> I think you just said it. I mean, I think that that tangibly, so recently is really invaluable on the recruiting trail. I think we, again, as older folks who have been around the game and are, you know, are further removed from the recruits themselves and their ages, you know, we forget that these kids aren't historians. These kids aren't extremely knowledgeable about, you know, NFL football in the nineties. It's just not something that they've come across and, and certainly not something they could resonate with. So the more recent the success the better the sell, the easier the buy-in, and the benefit of that. All those things snowball together 
uh, for, you know, a very clear message of, hey, if I go here, I, I've got a chance because this guy's identified NFL talent. This guy's developed NFL talent, and he sees some of that in me. So th- those cells just sell a little bit harder uh, because it's so recent and it's so tangibly uh, available for a recruit to just Google, you know, not something that, you know, the recruits of yesteryear could, could even do uh, while they're on a recruiting visit. Like, oh, who is this guy? Who's Kerry Colbert? USC? Like, I don't remember that. Yeah, but you Google it, there it is, right? He's catching touchdowns. So I do think that, uh, you know, how recent all of that success has been, it's just that much easier with, with this generation and, and the, the consistent youth you're dealing with as a recruiter. All right. Awesome. And, and that's where I'm ending it. I'm not doing the lead out just for time purposes. So <laughs> there. Um, thank you. Thanks for making Lock That Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free. Wherever you listen to the podcast, we'll be back tomorrow as we're talking about the Gators all 2010s team only here on Locked On Gators. Now make your second listen the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. Rafael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin give fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and of course, big boards. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole9Sports or GiantsCountryofSI.com, and I'll see you all tomorrow.